Shelly Delaney presents. A Warren A.P.'s production presents. A Warren A.P.'s production. The Movie Professors. Gory. Okay. You're waiting for me to intro? <laughs> yeah, it's customary. You do the intro, remember? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so, welcome to Professor Movie, MD. <laughs> what's our doctorate in? Um, uh, what's the, the head where you like feel people's heads? For lumps on their head. I don't know. Uh, I'll think of it halfway through the podcast and it won't matter. Okay. It was like a bullshit 1800s pseudoscience. Yeah. A doctrine of applying leeches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Science. <laughs> okay. So, we just watched the movie Barbed Wire. I made you watch it. <laughs> Um, and I couldn't figure out why I had suggested it, um, but it was subconsciously because we had that discussion at uh, Mr. Euro where I said, "What was? Wasn't there a bad movie that was a remake of Casablanca?" Yes. And we couldn't figure out what that was, mm-hmm. and I never really figured it out. But then this movie popped in my head, and as I started to watch it, I was like, "Yes." This is the one. Yes. It's the gender swap of Casablanca. <laughs> so uh, how quickly did you figure that out? Uh, well, right away. Uh, when, when, as soon as um, the male uh, love interest. I'm into the mic for a minute. Sorry. Yeah. The male interest came in to the bar and she like slapped him. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that wasn't the same movie or the same scene. No, no. You know, instead of having a very sweet exchange of them recognize each other, she just slaps them in the face. Yeah, and the fact that she's like a bar owner, Mm -hmm. like like Rick. Yep. Um, Humphrey Bogart. Man, Humphrey Bogart has so much more charisma than Pamela Anderson. How dare you? (laughs) I love her. She's okay. I mean, she just kind of like, her performance is really one note. Mm-hmm. Don't call me babe. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, so I found out why she says that is so Barbed Wire was a, a comic book uh, by Dark Horse and it was released at the same time as another um, that the name I couldn't find the other one. It's even more forgettable, but it, it's a, a buxom main character who is kind of an airhead mm-hmm. and she's called like Babe something. Hmm. And so people would mix them up. And so that was uh, Barbed Wire's uh, tagline is, don't call me babe. This movie was so good, the comic book stopped yes. running. Yes, yes. It, it did so well. It was like, ugh. They were like, we can't keep going to compete with this amazing movie. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll do the, the plot real quick. We'll just mm-hmm. go through it. So... The movie starts out, and she's doing a striptease. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing. And she's doing a secret agent thing or something. She's there's no real 
function for the opening scene. Mm-hmm. She's just doing a job. She's getting some girl out of hiding. Mm-hmm. Who was the actress? Oh, I, I didn't think she was a big name actress. Yeah. No? Yeah, she's... um. She ends up in... Isn't she the one in, in Batman and Robin? The girl in that? Alicia like, Silverstone? I thought it was her. She is in the same outfit in Batman <laughs> Forever. Well, maybe. Maybe that's uh, what it was. She's in like the schoolgirl uniform. No, I don't think that was her. Well, anyways, she, she gets... She rescues the lady, then goes back to her bar. Mm-hmm. And then we learn that we're in the second Civil War. Yes. American Civil and War. it's the year 2017. Yes. I, I, so two years ago. And so then they live in the only free city, mm-hmm. Harbor? Steel C- Harbor. Steel Harbor, okay. It looks like it's California. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like it's L.A. A, yeah, kind of thing. it's the L.A. docks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole movie is the L.A. Yes. docks. So very similarly to Casablanca, it's they're the one uh, neutral city surrounded by occupied areas. And so people are allowed to live there as they want to, but they're still under close supervision of their version of the Third Reich. Yes. And um, future Nazis. Yeah, future Nazis. Um, and. But p- people get arrested for doing things that are against the government there anyway. And so her whole character is that she um, says that, j- just like Rick, that she she sticks her neck for, out for no one and she doesn't take a side. But we learned that it's because she was a part of the resistance movement um, and it didn't end well for her and she became disillusioned. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and that that just follows the plot mm-hmm. of of uh, Casablanca from then on. Yep. There's like some bullshit that goes back and forth, and eventually he sides with the resistance, or mm-hmm. she sides with. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the main character sides with the resistance, and they both get away, mm-hmm. but they stay. So that's the plot. It's pretty thin, actually, because Casablanca is also a pretty thin plot. Yeah. It's it's not really a movie. It's a pretty simple movie. Yes, it is. Um, it's more an interesting situation with really amazing, interesting characters. So, I'm serious. Like, yeah. Humphrey Bogart, I, he, he's, um, he could just smoke a cigarette, mm-hmm. and you'd be like, mm-hmm. yep, I'm into this. <laughs> I watched it right after um, oh. Barbed Wire, just so I could really see the parallels as much, and I forgot that there's the... The, the police character, because they have yeah. a, a similar police character who is um, a drunkard and a gambler. And the whole his whole point is that he's like a, you know, a self-admitted bad guy, but he's honest about it. Mm-hmm. But he seems to kind of be on the main character's side. And he says something. He's trying to describe Rick to someone. And he's like, if I were a woman, I would be in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the fact that, like, Casablanca ends. We're just going to talk about Casablanca for mm-hmm. a minute. When it ends... You're like, oh, it's the most romantic story ever about two dudes. <laughs> yeah. Because at the end of it, they like walk away into the fog. And like, like, this oh, is no. the beginning of a good friendship. Yeah. yeah I love that. And uh, so the, the parallel line in Barb Wire is that that character says to her, I think I'm falling in love. And she <laughs> says, get in line. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. 
That made me smile. Oh, um, okay. Uh, the guy who plays the cop chief, whatever the detective chief mm-hmm. guy, he is the stepdad in Terminator Two. Oh, and the whole time Todd. And I was trying to figure out the whole time because I knew his face from something. Yeah. He plays such a minor role in that movie, but I've yeah. seen Terminator 2 like 10 times. Yeah. So. Oh, what is that actor's name? I looked it up. It was Xander. Zan- Xander. Yeah. Uh, Xander Berkeley. That's what it was. And then who else is in there? Uh, Clint Howard, who is oh, yeah. another good character actor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the guy that sells her out. Oh, yeah. Um, early on and. What's he in? I always picture him because he was in that horror movie. Was it called Candy Man or mm. Ice Cream Man? I don't know. I didn't it's, see it. Yeah, he kills little kids and yeah, he's puts a them in his ice cream. I keep good, I get I get him confused with uh, the actor who plays Booger, in oh yeah. But they look similar, but they're totally different actors. Yeah. Uh, he was also in like Apollo thirteen, but I don't even remember who. Oh yeah, no, he's um, done more serious roles as well. But. And Udo Carr, I love Udo Carr. The guy who plays Curly. Oh yeah. Udo Carr. Is, yeah, he's, he's great. He's in so much awesome just weird fucking shit mm-hmm. so um they didn't have a, a sam uh character yeah i mean there was the shitty band who played and they also had a dj at the same time yeah that was weird but also casablanca didn't have her brother charlie yeah. i liked that i thought that was a interesting yeah she has the brother that was also a resistance fighter and he lost his eyes yeah did you notice the whole like visual theme with the contact lenses yeah. and the blind brother and she mm-hmm. had lost her way and couldn't see where to go until she found the resistance again did you get that theming did you see it <laughs> what do they say did you not see me coming and he's what does he say when he takes off his glasses something like i don't see much of anything anymore or something stupid uh, I, love I was like, who? I couldn't identify the actor, and I was like, is that Axel Rose? <laughs> <laughs> he looked like a hair metal guy, but he's just. I guy. looked on his IMDb page, and it's all just TV stuff. Oh, okay. I don't know what else mm-hmm. he's done. He's just a bit guy. He was, he was fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, Pamela Anderson's hair was terrible. The whole movie, it looked. Awesome. It looked really. I don't know. It looked like a rat's nest to me. Well, especially in the beginning, because she's. <laughs> all wet and so there her hair is all in her face the entire time <laughs> that was awkward and the um her her corset thing yeah. that like made her hips just like square <laughs> into square. her stomach it was really weird it was just perfectly 80s and awesome yeah even though it was made in 95 I, yeah it just i i know it just there's something about it that really tried to capture the 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 way that the 80s viewed the future yeah no i agree it was yeah. It's in that category of like uh, Tank Girl yeah. or um, shit, what's another one like that? There's like big budget, mm-hmm. quote unquote, futuristic movies that just look like dog shit when you watch them again because it's all. Waterworld? Ooh. Waterworld is different because everything works. Mm. See, in Waterworld, and I just watched it recently, in, in this, there's a bunch of like gimmicky props mm-hmm. that do nothing like the the eye things they put over it's just like a welding helmet with yeah. it's like crap yeah. in Waterworld, there's like a bunch of just shots of everything working mm. like it's a rube goldberg machine of just stuff mm. so it's always it has practical applications that at least pretends like it has function mm-hmm. whereas in this it's just like you know like neon and then they like put some tubes or you know well, that it's funny because you say that because there's the torture victim mm-hmm. who it's like they're giving her orgasms to death. 
So they have these <laughs> electrodes going to her crotch and her tits. Yeah. And she makes crazy noises that aren't torture noises. And then they show a computer screen about how her brain is being affected. There aren't any wires going to her brain. Nope. So <laughs> it's just all going to her boobs. And they're like, <laughs> oh, this part of your brain is showing you're lying. And, like, the things that go on her boobs and crotch look terrible. Yeah. They, they're they like, really dumb. Uh, uh, like, it's just everything about the movie looks – it looked like like a sci-fi channel movie. Mm-hmm. It just – all the props looked like crap. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the scene when they, like, rough up the bar, and some people had AK-47s, but other people had, like, a sledgehammer and then axe handles. Like – yeah, I guess that's what you would bring, but also, you just buy those at the hardware store. Like, it's not futuristic at all. They didn't even yeah. spray paint them or Especially anything. Especially because they're supposed to be, like, really highly paid cops. <laughs> With, like, red are, eye goggles. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this movie, what was it? It made it onto the, it's an official Razzie mm-hmm. award, so it was the 100 most amusingly bad movies ever made. And I, I disagree like, I thought some of it was really funny, and yeah. a lot of it was just a fucking slog. Like, when they tried to do the Mobits in Casablanca that are tense, mm-hmm. you know, like, when <clears throat> Xander's character comes in, and he's, like, trying to get a bribe mm-hmm. out of barbed wire. It's supposed to be, like, really tense, and there's supposed to be all this, like, friction between them and stuff. It just came off as, like, cr- like nothing. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel anything. It didn't feel like... It, it just was like, here's money, go away. Yeah. Whereas in, like, Casablanca, when that happens uh, between uh, Rick and mm-hmm. the French guy, mm-hmm. it's, like, actually tense because you can... Like, he walks around the bar first, and he actually has weight, and where this guy just walks in, it's just... Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and that bar, oh, man. <laughs> it's, like, just in a warehouse with... Ugh. It was just cheap. <laughs> it made me think, though, like that motif of bars being pictured in that <clears throat> dirty way with mm-hmm. like women in cages and like everyone dressed up like they're going to a goth prom mm-hmm. and like the band in the corner kind of in a cage, too. That I wonder when that theme started because you've seen it and I've seen it in so many movies. It's like in Blade. Yeah. It's in the show Lucifer. Like, it's just like the underworld has a bar and it looks like this. The first really good example I can think of a, like, industrial techno bar mm-hmm. is 1982 from Terminator 1. Oh, yeah. Uh, when they go into the club and it's actually called Techno R. Like, that's the name of the club. And uh, it's got a really purposeful, like, neon industrial thing. Because Terminator's a robot, blah, mm. blah, blah. That's also the shot where you learn, like, that Reese is the good guy and that Schwarzenegger's the bad guy. Because before that, the main character doesn't know either. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the first real example I can think of a bar like that. Mm. So, But then it just kind of became a theme. Like, all mm-hmm. underworld bars look the same. Yeah. yeah. It's easy to shoot and easy mm-hmm. to make. And you can, like, just destroy it all, too. Which they eventually do in this movie. Yeah, um, so Pamela Anderson has one note, which is grizzled low talk, and successfully does one action scene, kind of. I really liked that scene. That was probably one of my favorite scenes, is which her personal action scene where she is... The gunfight? Uh, 
the gunfight yeah. where she's in the the hotel, the CD hotel. Right, right. So we, now we can talk about because that's not even connected to the plot. No. Like she just literally goes, "I need to go make money, mm-hmm. so I'm going to go pretend to be a hooker." Mm-hmm. So she picks up a dude who apparently conveniently lives next door to the guy who has the MacGuffin of the movie. No, I mean that that was planned. I, I think that they were suggesting that. Because she, she knew the name of that particular person and, and mm. their connection to the resistance. And yeah. so we're, we're made to think that she knows a lot more than she's talking about. Or she is keeping tabs on the resistance more than she admits. Sure. So she knows who Spike is, the leader of the resistance. So it And she's moonlit at this particular place before many times. So I think that were to think that she timed it perfectly to she knew this guy would take her to this room she knew he'd be there at that time so i thought it made sense okay well movie logic yeah it, it just was but more importantly the crouching gunfire that oh, she did in heels that were maybe six inches tall was so impressive to me but we're going to skip over the the gimp outfit that that dude wore Oh, that was great, right? <laughs> that was really weird. Yeah, you, you get, you're like, oh, God, this guy is into rough stuff. He's going to beat the shit out of her. And then he, like, is in, like, a leather diaper. <laughs> and he's like, I've been bad. Yeah, and he gets hit by with a big paddle in the back of the head. That house. was great. I, I thought they were going to be, like, like tweet bird noises and, like, mm-hmm. like really cartoonish. But, yeah, I mean, the action scene was fine. Um, yeah, she was, she was fine. The, the, the main problem i have is not her it's just the way the movie was shot the camera could not stop moving no matter what the fuck was going on so most of the action was actually kind of hard to read so like all that really happened in that entire fight scene happened within like five or ten feet they just kind of walk back Mm -hmm. and forth and shoot each other Mm -hmm. but the camera moved like 80 feet all around the room and stuff and then the the guy who survives is like, you're pretty good, babe. And he's like, don't call me babe, and shoots him out the window. And you're like, okay, that was really anticlimactic. Like, it could have been like, babe, and then like with coming down with something and turned around. And, you know, yeah. it was just kind of like, I don't know. I wasn't expecting any <laughs> climaxes. <laughs> <laughs> but she's naked the whole movie, so... Uh, <laughs> She the whole opening sequence of her um, stripping while being showered in water was a I guess a nightmare she had, <laughs> and she shared it with the director and he had been given a, a lot of problems from the studio saying there needs to be more nudity in this it's not this isn't what we're paying her for mm-hmm. and he couldn't think of anything that would be true to her character and so she was like how about we do that i had a dream let's do that and then that's what they shot for the opening yeah sequence which was cool and then she gets one see this is the thing though at the end of the movie there's an action sequence too Mm -hmm. but she just gets her foot caught in a motorcycle and then can't move and then when she can move she like kicks the dude twice Mm -hmm. and then just grabs a hook Mm -hmm. and then (laughs) drops him like that was the big climax of the movie was he gets dropped. I thought that it wasn't just about her in that scene, too, because it was more at that point, the character of Axel, which is the um, oh, yeah, Bacall, 
yeah. parallel. Um, he has more of an um, impressive action scene. Oh, yeah. He's good. There. Oh, that was the guy. The evil guy. I can't even remember his fucking name. Um, I wanted him to be played by Ernest. Really bad. <laughs> I thought he would have been, like, perfect in that role. Well, I... Is that something they pitched, or no, no? You, just, just in my brain, I, did, I just saw him, and I was like, "He would have been perfect," because the guy was like, "He was he was like not creepy enough." Yeah, he wasn't creepy enough. He was not. True. He was just totally forgettable. My favorite creepy line in the movie is when they're first trying to sell the young girl to the guy, and he says, um, "She is as tender as Tuscan veal." <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, and then the, the the Asian bartenders at her club, the Hammerhead was that the name of her club? Hammerhead, yeah. Like super racist, like really white faced mm-hmm. with the Asian makeup and the like Chinese dresses, and the whole time I was just yeah, this is not cool. It wasn't cool then, and it's even worse now. Yeah, it's a little little bad now. <laughs> I originally saw this movie uh, with no idea what it was supposed to be an homage to. Mm -hmm. So I just remember thinking that it was cool to see uh, a character who's uh, female and is a sex symbol, but is untouchable, like as a character, because everyone in the movie wants her, uh, but they, they know they could never take her. Sure. Like, so she has power in every scene. So I just remember thinking that that was cool. Plus, Pamela Anderson is super smart. Mm-hmm. So I think I had started to like read. She's like really politically savvy. She's incredibly smart. Like I read her Twitter all the time to try to understand politics in Europe, which I don't. And so I was like, oh, she's interesting. And so then I saw that movie and I was like, you know what? Pretty badass. Yeah. I feel like she took the the situation that was available to her mm-hmm. and it was not, you know, the most flattering because it's got a lot of nudity and stuff, but well, yeah, it was. I mean that that's that is who she is, though. Is sure, but I mean, like you know, it's not like it wasn't like a like a Verhoeven or like a real like it's John David Hogan, like it was just like a a slightly exploitative piece mm-hmm. on purpose by design. This, you literally said the studio wanted more nudity, yeah. So, but it was a good opportunity, like. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was growing up, it was, like, prime puberty bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. we get to see tits, and that was the, the whole thing. So, and then I watched Casablanca later, and then the connections yeah. fell this last time I watched. Actually, I watched Casablanca a little while ago at Central Cinema. So, yeah. uh, but. I just don't think it's exploitive if she's a party to and leading all of those decisions. Oh, yeah. It, that's who she is. Yeah, she. Totally is nudity she is sex and she's never made any decision to be a part of that without it being her idea yeah it just it doesn't come off that way in her character in the movie what do you mean like she played it as straight as possible Mm -hmm. and i don't it didn't seem like any of her lines had any like comedy or self-realization to it everyone seemed like they were playing it as straight as possible that's like my one complaint about the movie and why i'm saying that like Ernest would have been perfect as the bad guy like Mm -hmm. literally chewing the scenery or Mm -hmm. something because even though it was really fucking goofy like the goons are hilarious everyone's still trying to like give the best performance they can and nobody's kind of self-aware which was really strange Mm. like 
there was no point where it was like Pamela Anderson like winked at the camera or you know what I mean like which is fine I think it's just of that time they actually wanted to make that kind of movie um but you know like you watch like I don't know RoboCop or something or or where it's kind of more self-aware of what it's doing where it's actually making fun of it in a way or um yeah I think probably is that the movie is really close to the comic because that kind of over-the-top dialogue um, that isn't self-aware is so comic booky. Yeah. True. So just having a very like a close shot drawing of like the female character saying something over the top. It, it, all of her lines in that are really corny, but she just says them with conviction, and I I don't think they're supposed to be a joke. It's fine. It's very comic booky, but in a way that I, I don't know, like, hmm, I I don't know. I just didn't enjoy. It. It's there, okay. There wasn't anything very. There was a few things that were really funny, and a lot of it was kind of boring. Mm. So, and like the best performance in it was Udo Carr. Because Udo Carr is a very just strange man, mm-hmm. and seeing him just do what he does yeah. is great. And he was very sincere the whole time, more yeah. than anyone else was. So he like really cares about her. He really cares about the bar. Yeah. And when it's smashed to pieces, everything about that scene's dumb. But he's like his heart's breaking, and yeah. you can like you can tell in that moment. But even he has like levity in it too. Like yeah. He walks he in. He has a shaved head, and he walks in with like the wig. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that looks terrible. And when he's like sweeping up. And the they bar, call him Curly. He's sweeping up the bar, and he takes a drink and smashes it on the ground. Like yeah. he even has some jokes in there too. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I Udo Kar is really weird. Mm-hmm. Like he's um, he's he's the psychiatrist in Armageddon, but he's the one giving everybody the psych. Oh, that's a great movie. <laughs> it's a mess, but it's a great movie. Um, but yeah, like his his performance, and maybe the chief, he was pretty good too. Yeah, I thought well, he's a good actor. I thought that in the few scenes where they had barbed wire show emotion, I thought she mm-hmm. did fine with it. Like I thought she communicated the change pretty well. Um, but I I think that the the writing was poor in that especially compared to Casablanca because the whole reason why Casablanca is interesting with Rick's choices is that he and her character their relationship is very real and very complex mm-hmm. and it, that just wasn't true in this no and it's funny I was thinking about how all the movies in the 40s and 50s how they dealt with relationships in actually a more complex way than Hollywood does even now yep I was thinking about how you could even say that Casablanca is a movie about polyamory mm-hmm. because she it isn't just a movie about like being married and having feelings for someone else and then your marriage falls apart because that's what new Hollywood is. Someone has feelings for someone else and they realize the first person wasn't right for them after all. And that's actually really traditional and boring. Mm-hmm. But in Casablanca, she very much loves both of them. Yeah. And she doesn't want to give up either of them. Whereas in this movie, we never really find out why that character, Axel, why he left her. Mm-hmm. And so there's no payoff there. We don't, we're just like, he's just an asshole. He just left her hanging and made her bitter. And that was never explained. And I'm only just realizing that now. 
Yeah. And then and there's no love triangle at all. Like she's fighting feelings that she has for him now that she used to have, but and I thought she did a pretty good job with that personally. Like just watching her have that. I thought I understood what she was trying to portray. But the writing between the three of them, which is the heart of Casablanca, is was totally missing in this yeah. movie. I mean we haven't even talked about the other woman, the the other character. Yes. She's like got dirt on the government. Mm-hmm. She's trying to get to Canada. She, she was definitely the Laszlo. That yeah, was yeah, pretty yeah. obvious. But in the movie it's like she's got to, so she's they're not escaping Casablanca, they're escaping uh, harbor st- steel steel harbor. Steel harbor. God, I'm really dumb. Um they're trying to escape steel harbor to go to Canada so she can like tell everybody about this shitty thing the government did. But they need contact it's, lenses so it's they It's not telling everybody. It's that the government is trying to wipe out a part of the population with a certain kind of hepatitis that um, and she in she was injected with the anecdote. Okay. And so if she can like make copies of that somehow or like so she is the anecdote to this thing that the government is trying to use as a biological weapon. Yeah. So then they can help her save everybody so yeah and then there's the contact lenses that allow them to get to the retinal scanners so she can can get on the plane to go to canada yeah which is the thing that everybody's looking for which is the big MacGuffin. that that that's but she's like that's that's the only thing she does Mm -hmm. she doesn't even say anything much else i think she has one exposition where she explains that and then that's it we know that she was very important and smart and brave but we that's all they say. They're yeah. just like, she was very smart and important yeah. and brave. They just, they, they tell it and they yeah, don't show they it. they don't show it yeah. at all. No. So, in I, fact, the one scene where they get to do anything, they're like, okay, go to this place and be careful. And then they instantly get caught like a bunch yeah. of idiots. So it's like, then they meet Spike who speaks through a dog collar. Like, again, mm-hmm. like, it sounds so stupid, but they play it off like, no, this is serious. This is, serious. yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah. And now we're doing a nude scene that the female lead doesn't want to do. Yeah. Which is very common in exploitative right. movies. You know? And that's why I didn't feel like that at all. And, and not knowing that it was a gender swap of a classic movie where, of course, the man is in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, just seeing her be that character who is untouchable, who everything, she only does anything because she wants to do it in the way that she wants to do it, and no one can control her. I just thought it was pretty cool. No, I agree. I, I just. Her actual performance is very flat. I wish she would have brought more than mm-hmm. almost literally one tone. I think that so. that could have been possible had they actually fleshed out the relationship that was supposed to be the heart of the movie. Yeah. So it's a heart of Casablanca, and they didn't flesh it out at all. So It felt like the director didn't give anybody any real direction. Yeah. And it felt like the actors were kind of allowed to do whatever they wanted to do. Yeah. Which is why, like, Udo Carr shines, yeah. and um, the the pawn guy, he's, like, really over, like, all over it, but, like, the evil guy is, like, not handy enough, like... Oh, the, the fat king? Yeah, the fat king, right? Like, I mean, that was a great thing that lasted for all of 15 so minutes, you know, like, it was just... <laughs> I mean, that's, like, could have been an interesting thing if she would have gone there first, like, at the beginning of the movie, yeah. and they could have been, like, sitting, yeah, but... Like the the weird Mad Max section of the movie. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that was very odd. Um, yeah. <laughs> would Would you recommend it <laughs> to somebody who hasn't seen it before? Uh, it depends on what mood you're. 
Um, anything else we should say about barbed wire? Oh, Pamela Anderson has some good tits. Hey, can recommend for tits. <laughs> two, two out of two for boobs. We could. I mean, we. I, don't know, I was thinking about what we could watch for next week. Well, we've done a lot of my suggestions so far. That's all, true. All two of them have. Been. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the other one was. Uh, On that list. But what was uh, what? Who was the guy who wrote that list? Oh, uh, Anton Lavey. Yeah, it was his suggestion. His suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll we'll do text. We'll figure it out. Well, yeah. I mean, now I think we need to do something kind of more serious after more this serious? one. Yeah. Um, Maybe a really good drama. Sure. Um, I kind of wanted to watch Eighth Grade, the Bo. Oh, movie. I, I would watch that. I, I have not that. seen it. Yeah, that's an interesting. Mm-hmm. Or um, good drama. What was the Woody Allen movie, uh, Crimes and Misdemeanors? Oh yeah. I actually really think well, about that as a good. He's drama. a he's a good director. He's just a creeper. I mean. Uh, like really, he he makes great movies. He just legitimately creeps me out. So, like all the movies I've ever seen of him, I've liked. It's just mm. Meredith's stepdaughter. Man, sorry. It wasn't really his stepdaughter. Though. It's still creepy. He wasn't living in the house with them when she came. Still, still, still weird. Just <laughs> it's, it's some fucking Greek tragedy shit there. I get more creeped out. When he's in, what's the movie where he his girlfriend literally is fifteen? Uh, the Manhattan one. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, his girlfriend's literally fifteen. I saw like Annie Hall and. At least she's his age. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll figure something out. Uh. A comedy, a comedy or a drama or a horror. <laughs> we should. <laughs> uh. uh uh, I don't know. Romance. I'll find some. Yeah, I love romance movies. I'll, I'll, I'll dig through something like that, probably. Yeah. Okay, I think we're, I think we're done. Yeah. We're done. I'm tired of Bye, Lars.